Hello and welcome once again to the American Horror Story podcast by Bald Move. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And today we're here to do the feedback. It's Feedback Friday, y'all, for episode 804 entitled, Could It Be... Satan? Satan? Uh, so, I was deeply touched when I looked into the mailbag by the outpouring of support for Team Aaron that we got in the past week. Um, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Murphy picked the worst of all outcomes in the battle of Team, team Aaron versus Team Cecily. Uh, we are both wrong, which sucks, but you know we're going to have to uh, try to find some way to move on. Who really loses in this situation? I, <laughs> in, on on the, the battlefield of, of uh, love for Ryan Murphy... Yeah. The viewers of American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still continue to think this is a really good episode, and I am I guess I'm just more engaged with the theme of this year because uh, Coven was is still my all-time favorite season of American Horror Story, so getting the witches back is cool. Seeing all the Harry Potter boys' school stuff was really cool. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is an intrinsically more interesting premise than last year's. And I also think that Roanoke started off scary, but then got crazy. And, you know, a lot of the hallmarks of American Horror Story, the fact that like Murphy just tells stories in terms of just like taking his plot and 52 card pickup thing off the ground and having flashbacks and time jumps and like i I feel like it really suits this 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 kind of fundamentally sillier type of story uh right yeah i think it's a distraction so you don't ask too many questions um i do wish if you're any confusion you can just talk chalk up to a time jump and then you and then it's i mean he's kind of gaslighting us then you start (laughs) to blame yourself you're like oh i was the one that was confused and i can't keep it straight and right right yeah I the only thing I'm not getting this season is there hasn't been really any kind of level of scare. Um, there's a little bit of I mean there's a little bit of creepiness in the de- demon summing ceremony of last episode. There's a little bit of creepiness with whatever attacked those horses, which I assume will be significant later on. But mm-hmm. like it's there's just it's been radio just, radio or radiation exposed people out there. That wasn't really scary. Like that's more action movie movie and more of a like with Billy Eichner being at the center of it a parody of those the, the, that action movie, but um well then you it's just too campy I, to be scary. Once so far. again, I need you to watch the road. And okay. then we'll have a different conversation about what's scary about well, that what's sound, out there. <laughs> sounds like that's something coming up on our second annual cinematic spooktacular. Uh, yeah, the spooktacular the s- too, the spookwell. The spookwell, <laughs> yes. Um, did you have anything you want to talk about the show? Um, what's funny is I had like three more points I wanted to talk about, but I forgot that I put those in my notes. And then my tradition is when I do the feedback is I control A, delete. And yeah. I did that, and now it's it's lost. Uh, it's like tears in the rain. Yeah, I have a couple more just like stray observations I wanted to make. Well, this episode calls for less than straight observations, I think. Unless you're okay. a witch. Which um, you, you probably are. Huh? Unless you're a witch, which you probably are. Uh, it's it's uh, to be determined. Okay. Um, Kathy Botts. Uh, needs goat's heads just like her Roanoke witch character. Is this mm. a tie into Roanoke? I, it would, not a tie-in, but you know, yeah, a, a little nod. hint that maybe she's like a, a long, a long, nod, long, yeah. long lost descendant of the Roanoke colony. Yeah, I, 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 I could dig that. Yeah. Could we get Gaga back as the uh, 
uh, witch demon. She was the first ever witch. Was she? Yeah, that's what they established. Yeah, she was the first. Yeah, they're talking about tracing bloodlines back to like uh, the shit. What was the 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 crucible situation? The crucible. Oh, the uh, Salem. Salem witch trials. Uh, tracing your bloodlines back to Salem. So tracing them back to the the original, the OG Woods Witch. That'd be that'd be powerful indeed. I agree. Um, another thing I thought sort of was reminiscent. All right, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to say that this is a real theory. Mm-hmm. Um, when Michael Langdon showed up with the showed up at the hotel mm-hmm. that's guy from little house on the prairie right uh yeah did he look a little bit like uh dandy and the way he presented himself and <sighs> i kind of feel like dressed. that's just a school dress code because if you looked around everybody was d- dressed a little bit wednesday adams ish you know yeah. A little bit polished, like like little gothic polish, you know, all the headmasters and, and whatnot. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I'd say the school uh, is uh, a school for exceptionally dandy young gentlemen. <laughs> okay. That's what I would say. Fair. Um, and I absolutely loved, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name, the Supreme, her actual. Cordelia? Cordelia, yeah. I Cordelia. loved her her. Your time is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, line. That's great. That's great. I don't know if it's on this podcast or the Ozark podcast or probably all of those podcasts I've said this on, but uh, uh, not that we needed any confirmation. But they're all allies here. Mm. No, it is interesting to see all the different shows that are kind of uh, open to talking about that kind of stuff. The Bojacks. The Ozarks, the the American horrors, if you will, have been doing a pretty, pretty, pretty good job of it. I thought, mm-hmm. like, all of them have something slightly. It's not, and it, it didn't. I mean, this is a pretty obvious kind of just drive by. But like the stuff on Bo, I haven't seen Ozark, but stuff on BoJack, I thought was really, really smart uh, and timely. Yeah, if you get time, got to check out Ozark, uh, especially for the Baldies this year, because I think uh, I think your opinion would uh, really help. Hmm. Uh, this isn't an Ozark podcast, but we had a uh, we had some fifty fifties on who liked it, who hated it. Hmm. Um, okay, but that's a, that's all the stray observations I didn't get to on our first podcast. All right, let's get the feedback then, which because this is Feedback Friday. AHS at baldmove.com is where you send feedback to get it read. You can also participate in our forum threads at forums.baldmove.com. First up, Jordan in. I've been wondering about something since the first episode of the season. I was wondering if the show would address it. Why Mal- was Mallory ever a gray? Coco's dad paid for tickets for the family, Coco, her brother, mom, and dad, but didn't get them all purple tickets? Was the plan to draw straws for who would be in the servant class? What do you think the story is there? I mean, I could totally see this guy buying one purple ticket and give and, and thinking it's going to be for himself and having his family serve him. Did they, I mean, did they say that they bought them all purple tickets? He just said that there was there were tickets. She, he just intimated or intimated there's tickets to this building available. So it's possible. And she knew there was four of them. That she just got the gray level. Hmm. Well, or but, it's the fact that she is an employee of Coco. So yeah. does that automatic? I mean a servant type 
So I think that would automatically make well, her but, great. I mean, who are the rest of the greys? Are they everyone else's assistants? Yeah, I don't know. Or did they actually hire? It's it's crazy because it's almost like you like imagine if you paid top notch for front row seats at a concert and they they got up there and they're like as you're walking in the door, then sorting you. It's like oh well, you bought a front uh, ticket row seat. But well, we don't know that. We but, don't but know what you're kind not of even wearing a concert bought. T-shirt. Yeah. You look like a real chode. So get in the back. Like, well, I mean, but but the, it stands. Or a reason. is it the fact that you buy your way in and they're expecting Mallory to just be grateful that they bought her a way in? Yeah, and she's willing to accept that sh- it'll be under. Yeah. This gray status, though. I, I do think it's stupid. Of course, we all know this is like, I think, just Venable's bullshit. But I also think it's stupid to just have the one purple cast classification. Like, I think there should be like a green if you bought your way in, mm-hmm. and then like a purple if you earned it by merit. And like, that should be at least two categories. But mm-hmm. it almost seems like, because like, you either accept that uh, Papa Coco just bought one purple ticket and everybody else, well, but his, oh, damn, because the hairdresser and the mom. So it's like three per maybe maybe you're supposed to understand that he thinks Coco is an idiot. He bought three purple tickets for himself, his wife, and his and 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 her brother, and then Coco was supposed to have the gray. Wait, what? Because well, because Coco got the hairdresser yeah. and the hairdresser's mom there, and they were all clothed in purple and sat at the fancy table. Yeah, and Coco was a purple. But the the assistant was a gray. Yeah. So that implies he bought three purple tickets and one gray. Oh, right. And the grandma was a last minute addition. Right. And they're all purple except for one. So who was supposed to get the gray ticket? That's what Jordan Ah. has been talking about this whole time. So now that you are playing the same game, would you like to join the speculation? I mean, I think the speculation is that there is a level of tickets that they purchased. All we know is they bought their way in. Everything yeah, we said I mean, after this about the purples and grays tickets. Yeah, you know, you're right. It is <laughs> something that we just, it came is up a with. mere surmise, but it's not like out of left field. Um, I mean, the, the, it's possible they just bought a ticket for survival and then all and the then other once stuff you get got, in there, you they, got sorted they into sort your you. houses once you got there. Yeah. But they have a know. sorting button. They put they your do. hair into They do. Mm-hmm. That's what the it's, that's that's what the weird the hairstyle does. If you're gray, it just as soon as you it walk gives in, you a yeah. swirly. It just kind of like you know <laughs> does the thing. Um, all right, so violent disagreement amongst the bald move family here about the meaning of purple and grays. I don't think we added any illumination here, Jordan. Let's move on. Sparkle in Seattle. I love Ryan Murphy's pop culture references, but one in episode two confused me and creeped me out. Time in a Bottle was playing in the background, and the talk show host wistfully reminisced about it, saying it was the Hardy Boys episode where one of the girlfriends died, and that she had a crush on Sean Cassidy. However, the song she's referring to is actually If by David Gates and Bread. And I will say that I went to go verify this, but, like, how the hell would I? And I'm just going to take your word for it, Sparkle. You just watch the episode and put the, the Shazam on, I guess? Well, but it's like she says, she's saying that they're misidentifying the song. Oh. Okay. She said, it's not Time in a Bottle. It's actually If by David Gates and Bread. The fact that they go into it wrong confused me, and I got a little creeped out. You see, back in the day, whenever If came on the radio, I would say almost the exact same words the talk show host said. That if I remember, that I'll always remember the song because it was my favorite Hardy Boys episode, the one where Joe's girlfriend died, and that I had a huge crush on Sean Cassidy, who played Joe on the show. Oh, did I mention that? Like the talk show host, I am too an African-American chick. 
This is a little too coincidental. I'm going to have to research the show writers and see if I know any of them because I think someone owes me someone a credit. Stole your life. That's why it is weird. That. But is, we had the same. That's not cool. We had the same thing. I told you, Ryan Murphy's a remix artist. It, it would be like. It would be like if we were watching the episode. This is the latest episode that had the glory boxes Portishead in it. Yeah. And when it came on, Cordelia's like, you know, I first heard this song when I put on a playlist started with Fiona Apple's uh, <laughs> The Sleep to Dream uh-huh. and thought it was the great. And like, and we'd be like, what the hell is even going on? Like, she's like actually describing right. our experience or with the song. Or in, in BoJack, I introduced you to that song Los Angeles by St. Vincent. Yes. And then the opening like, scene of the, the week yeah. before we wa- and I'm just like, what, what's, what's happening? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're living in a simulation sparkle. Maybe it's just confirmation bias. Like, honestly, it would explain <laughs> a lot of stupid shit if this is just all a put on. Well, so. I mean, we have your phone, my phone, a tablet, two computers. Uh, there's a lot of recording devices in this room. and <laughs> That's true. Uh, the number of them that are listening is not zero. Right. At all times. Uh, so about Insight, like, why would they purposely include an incorrect pop culture reference? I wonder if it's like that literal thing went down in the writer's room where it's like someone said, we should do this song. It's like, oh, you mean that song? And they're like, no, that's not the same song. And they're like, they're riffing on the fact that if... Because like it used to be... You could have pitched debates about pop culture topics like that at bars mm-hmm. and things. Now you just resolve it by going to Wikipedia or using right. Shazam. Right. So it's like, I wonder if they're doing a little bit of sly, you know, pre-internet culture, you'd actually have people mistaken all the time or be like who is that person and you'd and no one's there to correct them or prove them wrong so oh that's, that's what interesting. i think that's what i think so uh, that kind of culture because if uh if uh mr gallant's grandma was still in there then she for sure would have corrected her right because she's the holder of all culture and knowledge and that's what we you lost. think she considers hardy boys culture i no, the hardly song. Think. I'm talking about the song. Uh, it's it's part. It, it it touched the party. It it touched the Hardy Boys. So she sold infected. herself as being the the only culture and uh, recollection of art that will ever get. So yeah, I she, assume she, she knew recognizes everything. that as not art. Yeah, and also she's well, well, like, old. She didn't sold. She's she's old. She sold herself. She's old herself is what she did. She's yeah. old herself. Just like Fahrenheit 451. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In order to preserve books, mm-hmm. they assigned people to like one person to memorize an entire book Mm. and then if that person dies or they don't get a chance to write it out Mm -hmm. then that book is lost forever yeah yeah i just think that she it's an interesting depth that you're giving ryan murphy credit for oh well tell (laughs) the the emailer is the thing is the thing is he's capable of it like you know uh i've seen stuff that he's done that's like really good and smart and incisive um incisive incisive yeah Mm. Uh, using his incisors to bite things. <laughs> so I'm, I've seen him do that. Uh, Aaron G. In regards to the issue of Gallant looking exactly like Tate that came up in the feedback episode this week, I had a theory. I was always in the impression that we as an audience see the similarities between characters because we can obviously see that they are the same person, but, quote-unquote, in-universe, each version of Evan Peters or Sarah Paulson actually look like different people. We can use Sarah Paulson's Billy Dee as an example. When she walked into the hotel, to us, she looked exactly like Sally if she were styled differently, but when Lowe saw and interacted with her, he made no notice of it. That's because, I think, to him, she looks nothing like Sally because in-universe, they are two completely separate people. So, it's kind of the quantum leap. Like, right. you're supposed to understand that Scott Bakula actually looks like Martin Luther King or... 
right. Strom Thurmond or whoever he's. That's those were those were accidentally very diametrically opposed examples. But you you know you know where I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Or like when you're watching a musical, mm-hmm. um, you know that people aren't actually getting up and singing through a church. It's just a, mm. a way to tell the story. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Or or in like Hamilton when George Washington becomes Thomas Jefferson. It's like, what? What's happening? I don't understand. That's actually, I don't think that's... that's but What? Yeah, I don't know. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, they, like the, the first act of Hamilton, a lot of people switch roles in the second act, but they're the same people. Oh. So oh, I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure that's a bad example because I don't think that one actually happened. It might have been like Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul, famous understudy for... Uh, George Washington. George Washington. Okay, let's move. I'm just digging myself deeper. Uh, but yeah, it's all quantum leap. That's that's what we've figured out here, Aaron. Uh, Todd B. I'm sure someone else will have told you this by now, but no, Asylum did not take place in California. It took place in Massachusetts. Hence Jessica Lange's horrible Boston accent. Is that was that what she was doing? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. that makes perfect sense now. Okay. I thought I thought she had just, I mean it's hard know. to it's hard to track because a lot of the people came from all over, so there wasn't like consistently across the cast and staff a Boston mm. accent. Mm. You know what? Lily Raby probably would have benefited from a Boston accent. Uh only murder house and hotel have taken place in California thus far. Coven took place in New Orleans. Nolens. Nolens, Freak Show in Florida, Roanoke in Virginia, and Cult in Michigan. True enough. True enough. Because, um, yeah, I think we had asserted that, like, everything but... And, but, yeah, it's like like most of the podcasts are kind of a mess, and we were kind of trying to answer on the fly and not doing a really good job of it. So thanks for setting it straight. Todd? I just put pulled this up. Hold on a second. Say that again. I just pulled this up on Google Maps, and I put a point on every one of those locations and then connected the dots. Mm-hmm. And you know what it makes? What? A big penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, by the time ep- the, he's he's holding out for episode or for season 10 so he can finish the balls. Yeah. He's got the shaft. He just needs the two. Yeah. And if they give him 11 to give him the, the two upright vertical ones, my God, my <gasps> God, what will he do? Russell Edgington will come back. Mm. There we go. Hopefully I don't have to wait three seasons to get him back. Uh, Josh F. Aaron uh, mentioned wanting a show where they dropped survivalists into the wild and gave them satellite phones to call in when they wanted to be picked up. They already have this show. What? What am I doing making this podcast? Let's pause it right now and watch all seasons of it. It's called Alone, a fairly popular show on the History Channel. They take 10... Why hasn't my father told me about this? Why is it on the History Channel? That's... That's that's what my that's that's who watches History Channel. Dads, why yeah. has my father told me about this dope show? Right. They take ten episodes, or sorry, they take ten individuals with varying degrees of uh, outdoor survival skills and drop them off on their own isolated regions of the world. I wonder what the he says varying degrees. Like how much do they vary? It's like I'm a scoutmaster, and a one one person's like I like to fall because of the leaves, and then you've got like an actual. Uh, survive and evasion rescue kind of guy that's working like just riddled with PTSD yeah 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 Yeah. that sounds like a show I can get behind I'm telling you I want to see this listen to this so far they've had seasons in Vancouver Island Patagonia and Mongolia the contestants are all supplied with cameras and a sat phone to tap out at any time. The winner gets a $500,000 prize most contestants starve and they also come to varied degrees of isolation madness 
None contestants. Varying degrees of isolation. There's a lot of varying well. degrees. That's right. That's right. And if you start off like super PTSD anyway, yeah. uh, none of the contestants are aware of how many other contestants are left at any time, which adds to the frustration of not knowing how close you might be to winning and if it's worth it to continue suffering. Wow. Winners have lasted anywhere from two to three months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like what did you tap out and you were the second to last guy? What do you Ugh, Sorry, girl. what's the what's the prize for winning? 500,000. So not nothing. And I'd the start longest for 2 months for that. 2 months? Yeah. Hmm. 2 to 3. Right. 3 months, you know. But hey, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty drought resistant and famine resistant. Yeah. I think I could. I I I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring. I'm gonna be like, uh, uh, my qualifications are I'm chubby and I'm a podcaster. Yeah, you're gonna show up and immediately just get undressed. <laughs> like, right, uh, sir. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, oh God, I don't even know the name of that show. Alone and naked. Naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because I'm only naked. I'm not afraid. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go be. I'm. It's gonna be in the Canadian Rockies, and I'm just gonna join a tribe of uh, grizzly bears. When I go up to the biggest grizzly bear, just punch him straight in the face. Yes. This is assert my dominance. <laughs> Perfect. And then ride them into battles against the other contestants. <laughs> I will raid and pillage the other the other clans. The bear clan will be dominant and triumphant. <laughs> the other contestants just immediately throw out their satellite <laughs> yeah, they phone. See, you know what? I can't they do see this. a naked, naked, hairy, chubby guy riding onto grizzly bears with all of us having foam at the mouth, and they just pull the sat phone out and tap yes, out. Yes, yeah. It's not going to save them. <laughs> try yeah i've taken hey fucker i've taken an opportunity to ride over this mountain rage you're gonna get mauled yeah yeah i appreciate i appreciate you you tapping out but i don't think the producer's gonna get here in time <laughs> choppers that have to already be in the air uh i gotta watch this josh thank you uh matthew in this season has got the same problem as the recent season of the hundred on cw interesting characters story and ideas but execution not there too much jumping around in time. It's not too... Uh, the Walking Dead levels of bad execution, but I think it could be better. Have I perhaps missed something? Uh, Matthew, you are suffering from uh, Aaron in the last two seasons, stick up your butt syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been... You have uh, watched far too much just terrific television, and you, you're, you're having... You can, you can see the serial numbers that M- Murphy has filed off of other plots and him, you know, just kind of playing fast and loose to the timeline and right. character and details. and It doesn't make you a lesser person. No, you know? uh-uh. uh, I certainly wouldn't say I was a lesser person in the last two years. Well, you know, um, but <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of fun to be had listening to our podcast along with it. We're all having a good time. Where else... On television, are you going to get this like R slash slash Harry Potter fiction done starring BD Wong? Like the answer is no other place on television. None so, of none of the other places. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and there's all kinds of surprising people that show up too. Yeah, yeah. Like I I, I would like to see a scene that makes me squirm. Uh, which mm-hmm. I haven't gotten this. This it's like if I if I can get two or three like peak American horror. If I get two or three uh, scenes per year to make me genuinely uncomfortable and squirmy. If I get a couple of really good laughs, uh, I need and I, I need some of those laughs to be ironic laughs. Like I'm laughing with Murphy, but I also need some of them to be non-ironic. Like I'm laughing at Murphy uh, and just how ridiculous it is. And if they can do all those things, it's a pretty successful American horror story mm-hmm. season. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, Todd B. Seems pretty clear to me that in the world of American Horror Story, witches and Satanists are two different things. Again, I've seen a lot of different documentaries that assert the opposite, but we'll go with it. Nowhere in Coven was it ever said that witches were in league with the devil. And in fact, during this latest episode, Cordelia refers to the devil at Hotel Cortez as an adversary of witches rather than uh, her master. She and her cohorts are also clearly opposed to Michael, who we know is the son of the devil. Yes. Well, there's just a Thank bunch you. of di- th- this is a bunch of different devils. She these are not dev- the she doesn't work for hotelier devils. She works for more like devils of the woods. What what kind of uh, what kind of background expertise on devils do you have? Uh, the devil and Miss Jones, <laughs> and uh, that song where Kanye says his eyes are more red than the devil is. That's the things that I really identify with when okay. it comes to the, the being devilish. Well, I think you've proven our point. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Bates has a satanic symbol on her wall, but did not appear to have any powers, or she would have been able to get that goat's head from her butcher. Yeah, she wouldn't need help. I found it ironic that they're saying witches were more powerful than warlocks when every test they gave Michael was something none of the witches were ever shown to do in Coven. We never saw any of the witches teleport, make it snow, for example. What, what, what? What, why, why is teleportation and the making of snow, like, top-tier witch talents? Like, right. Cordelia can bring people back from the fucking dead. Well, I think it's... That's pretty amazing. Yeah, akin to the same trials that the other witches in Coven went through to mm. see if they were the supreme. Right. There's Those three, tr- those three tests were Needlepoint, uh, Runway Walk, and... Serving Tea. Serving tea, yes, yeah, yes. So I don't know why they call it the the seven but, I mean, wonders because no, that's like three at best. Were, like they were very minor, like light this candle and uh, other things that I can't remember. But yeah. they were very like minor and on theme. Yeah, this, yeah. this is uh, this is bizarre. Well, I think you're supposed to understand that like this guy is they didn't expect him to succeed at all three tests, let alone to the degree of success that he did. But it's the tests themselves seem mm. like... that. It doesn't even seem like the Supreme has that power. Yeah. And she's the Supreme. Hmm. So you- it, it seems like they maybe should have had like more... M- uh, simple tests, uh. and then he defied them like in an insane way. Huh? Like you have to light this candle, and he sets the table on fire. Yeah, you know things right. like that. Or see, I, I guess I was seeing it. I was cool the it room like, down a few degrees. Mm-hmm. It's a bit warm, and he right. creates a blizzard. <laughs> right. I see. So, so I think the way I saw it as this is kind of like in the Avatar universe, where not the blue fucking people in Avatar universe, the, the real one, the one with the kid with the arrow on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so you've got like a fire, you got a fire witches and you got water witches and they're both separately independent and they p- could potentially be equally as powerful in their own right. But, and, but unfortunately in this world, there's just water witches and fire witches and the water witches are just more powerful. Right. They don't have the same powers, but their powers are better and more powerful and could overcome the others. Um, and now you've got, like, uh, this Michael Langdon is kind of like the Avatar, and he can master both, probably. I don't know. I think that I think part of this is that I don't, um, you know, like, I think they're going to reveal that he's not an actual warlock, but he's actually Demon Spawn. Because I don't, I don't think he went to these hell spaces and, like, kicked the devil's ass. I think the de- he just, like, went at the devil at the door and they just let him out hmm. you know yeah so i don't i don't I, I i definitely think he's powerful but like the fact that he went and retrieved people from hell i don't think it's because he used 
some kind of good, you know, like ma- magical mastery. I think it's just more like he's uh, the, the fix is in here. Mm-hmm. Miguel in L.A. I agree with you both and thought that this is a banger of an episode. It was super fun and I loved every minute of it. This is the first time I guess what Ryan Murphy had planned without following his Instagram. <laughs> it was right, so I'm collecting all the internet points for now. You get you get literally all of them, Miguel. I'll I'll even give you my eight. Don't tell Jim because I'm still going to lord that over him uh, for all time. <laughs> I knew that Kathy Bot couldn't be modeled after Constance since she looked nothing like her. I mean, why build a robot of someone and then not make it look exactly like them? Yeah, that's that's a that that is a very strong point. If you can create a robot that doesn't even know it's a robot and can pass for human, why would you make it look like not look like the thing that it's supposed to look like? And I feel like this is better because they just fucking nailed Kathy Bates. Right, you know, bots looks just like her. Well. Kathy Bott looks oh. just like Kathy Bates, yeah. which makes sense. Right. Also, JPM came back and made the episode even more better. <laughs> uh, he actually said that much better. Sorry, I edited it to make it seem like you're a goofball, Miguel. <laughs> uh, I think it's Evan Peters' best character, so just him, just seeing him made me like the episode even more. I agree. I think Evan Peters is fine in small doses, but... Yeah, and that character is one of my favorites. March, yeah, because he's just so over the top, and like uh, he can mug and scream and yell and do outsized things with his face, and it's like there's there's nothing there's no performance too big that JPM's character couldn't couldn't hold it. Right. Uh, finally, I have some speculation on where the season is going. Episode seven is called Traitor, so I think between now and episode six, the witches are going to kill Michael Langdon. Perhaps Mallory is some embodiment of an angel. Perhaps Michael, the archangel. And kills and deals the killing blow. However, in episode seven, Michael will visit Misty Day and her personal hell and get her out if she agrees to bring him back to life, thus betraying the witches. Hmm. It's another interesting way to get Lily Rabby back in. But he brought Madison and Queenie out of that. Yeah. Why aren't they working with the Supreme now? Why aren't who working with the Supreme? Madison and Queenie. I think they that's an implied they implied in the show that they're kind of there against well Madison I think is there for some sort of revenge against who Oh so you're saying why are they working for the Supremes Yeah if if uh, Michael Langdon is the one that brought them out of their personal hells then well, why, there's got to be some sort of Yeah like, we haven't gotten all the backstory yet maybe we got more lots more flashbacks because yeah. right now I think and I was going to say maybe they're like secret agents for Michael Langdon but he brought them to her Right. They could still be sleeper agents. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I just, I got him back from hell just to prove that I could be worthy of considered for the Alpha Test, you know? Yeah. And they later find out he's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff, like the whole, the witches being cursed to forget their memory. There's a whole lot of things that have gone bad in between, like, yeah. the original flashback and nuclear war. So, yeah. Moving on to Martin T. What if Timothy and Emily are warlocks and witches respectfully and they have to go against each other? in a Romeo and Juliet type of situation. All right, Timothy and Emily, they're still a thing. Uh, mm, yeah. Also, I think Madison will end up killing Zoe to show Michael she's on his side. Plus, you know, there's bad blood between them from their love triangle. I also thought Michael's flair for the dramatic was a mis- uh, characteristic of his grandmother. Last thing, the title for episode six is called Return to Murder House, so I already know it's going to get even more nuts. Uh, love you guys to keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. I am curious to see what they're doing with Timothy and Emily because... Aren't they all dead? Well, they are dead, but so was everyone in the house, and now fully half of them are resurrected or robots. But if, so. if Emily at least was a witch, then she would have been brought back to life with the other three. 
Well, I mean, I don't know because they those three happened to be in the room, and then Cordelia came and did her little ritual, and they came alive. Like she might just need to find, and then Michael Langdon came and you know blew up their spot. So like, no, I th- but they described that those three were mm. cursed to forget. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just, you, you're not seriously suggesting these teenagers are not going to be part of the series anymore. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering how the emailer thinks about that i wonder if they're different schools of warlocks although like this is the supreme is she like the president of witches of america or is she like at like worldwide jurisdiction like i uh, i don't know that we know enough about the witching world uh in in this series to say like how that would all shake out because like i'm trying to think of ways that they could be witches and war a witch or a warlock uh but yet, yet cordelia wasn't there to resurrect them because here's the thing I think the collective is a bunch of bullshit. I think the collective is uh, Langdon's personal experiment that he's built. He's built upon the ashes of um, uh, the ashes of the boys' school he attended, and he actually was going around and finding all the witches that were in cover and trying to invite them to, air, to here for some reason. I don't know. Like, I really don't. I don't understand what he is trying to screen for. Maybe he's looking for like a perfect mate for him or a, a partner if, if mates the, the, the wrong word um, to like complete him or something, because why else would he get this collection of powerful, magical people? Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's maybe, a bit... maybe he's just trying to collect them all and then kill them. Yeah, but nuclear bombs would have done that. Probably. <laughs> I guess they didn't kill Cordelia. Yeah. So, you know, you can witch your way out of it. Gabe in California. This is definitely my favorite episode of this season. Didn't see the hotel crossover coming. I loved it, and I'm glad they didn't overdo it. What? I feel I like... Told, I've been telling everyone from the beginning that all seasons are going to cross over. How well, did you not see it coming? He didn't think that was... Uh, <laughs> did, did, did not credit your uh, analysis. I... I think that we also haven't seen the last of the hotel crossover, right? Like, yes. If this, if they're talking, they're talking about it like this hell mouth. It was very uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it seems like it's a very significant, powerful thing. I wonder if we're not going to, you know, see them. And like I said, like the murder house thing is going to come back, and they work on a very similar mechanic. So mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like we're done with it, but I don't think they'll overdo it. Right. My prediction is, if only so Cecily isn't the only one making wild and outlandish predictions, <laughs> is that Michael is not the Alpha, but just a powerful Antichrist. In true Ryan Murphy fashion, we'll get the plot twist that Billy Eichner will be revealed as a true Alpha to save the day. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I like that. That's kind of like what I was talking about earlier in the episode, that Michael's not an actual warlock, uh, so therefore he couldn't be an Alpha. He's just an Antichrist figure, and the, you know, the Witch Lord doesn't have anything for that. Right, or maybe he does. can invite spirits into his body, and then he can have whatever kind of powers he wants. Right, right. Uh, he's like the rogue, the supernatural rogue. He can just absorb demon superpowers. Or Phoenix, uh, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. I think. What was the other thing? Oh, so that would bring back uh, whoever the Adam character is. Um, Crit was it? His name's what's his name? Crit? No, Timothy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Timothy is going to be the alpha because honestly. He's the only other character, male character. Well, I guess it'd either have to be uh, gl- um, it ha- either it'd have to be Gallant or Timothy, because what other male characters have they introduced already? And I also believe that even Ryan Murphy's not crazy enough to introduce the main protagonist this late into the season. 
Well, <laughs> well, that's true. I say that, and then episode eight, Aaron wished he hadn't have made that statement. Um, why? Do, why does someone in the house have to be a warlock? Uh, just because I think he, he, I think his analysis of Michael not being a warlock and thus not being an alpha is true. I don't oh, okay. think Michael's. I don't think Michael's the same kind of dude. It'd be like you know, if, if Superman meets Captain Marvel for for the first time and's like, "Hey, you're from Krypton," and Captain Marvel like, no, dude, my powers are entirely magical based. Yours is based on the yellow sun. Yeah. Like, you know, just because they can do the similar things doesn't mean they're the same type of discipline. Like, yeah. you know, karate and what if Billy Kung Fu Eich- are not the same. Billy Eichner's character is the alpha. Coco turns out to be the next supreme. And then back to your mating theory. Oh, right? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um Oh, shit, I forgot that there's an epigraph here. Uh, my wish is that we get an even better Murphy twist and get a surprise appearance from the true Alpha, who ends up being none other than our favorite, Russell Edgington. <gasps> oh, yeah. 3,000-year-old yes. vampire Alpha. Fuck yes. yes. Fuck yes. Uh, this, this is the quality content we need. You know what's crazy is we were just watching like the peak Russell Edgington True Blood season. Yeah. Is that five or six? Six, six? I believe. Uh, no, I think it's five. It's five. And that man hasn't aged a fucking day. Nope. Like, God bless you, Russell Edgington. You might be a 3,000-year-old vampire. Yes. Um, and I will be very disappointed if we don't see him this season. I, it sounds like this is the season where, like, you know, everyone's going to come back. Okay. Everybody's going to come back. Because he... There they hasn't get, been, they there hasn't get Zachary one. Quinto, for Christ's sake. Yeah, there hasn't been one season that he hasn't been in. Is that true? I thought that wasn't true. He's certainly in all the first three seasons. He was in Freak Show. He was in Hotel. Uh, he was in Roanoke. He was in Roanoke. He was the re- he was the original researcher. And that well, no, last he season. wasn't in the shittiest season, which is last season. Well, well there you go. That's good for him. Um, bad for us. <laughs> Could have saved saved it. Uh, Michelle from Cali wondered uh, on our forums if the silver clasps that were the cha- like chaining Michael's cape on in place were supposed to be twisted clown heads. Uh, King Cobra thought they looked like devil heads. I didn't get a close look at it. Well, so Michelle answered her own question. She posted a very up close look, and they do look a bit like the devil pin. You know, like Amos wears on my favorite show, The Expanse. Yeah, that little silver devil yeah, pin. Yeah. He's got the tattoo too. Um, they, I think they look a little bit like Medusa heads. I can definitely see where there might there might be horns, but then there's also like these things that it, there, there's these like tendrils. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Medusa has to do with anything, but it does also match the snake imagery. But then mm-hmm. also, you know, devil heads and snakes are also part of the the, the main credit sequence, so it's kind of like on point with for them. Uh, yes, there is a blog that I follow that does. For my job, that does um, like a a breakdown of like whenever you see a celebrity or a celebrity or the Queen or TV mm. show things like that, mm. they'll take like brooches specifically mm. and identify them and give you a backstory and mm. really cool things like that. So I'm gonna see if I can find something mm. like that uh, before our next episode because that I'm very curious about that as well. It doesn't mean nothing. Well, I can tell you that much. Good for you for broaching the difficult broach topic. You know, uh, I was waiting for someone. You know what? Never mind. It was, I'm not doing this. It, w- it was the giant pink, it was the giant, it was the giant 800 pound brooch in the room and someone had to bring it up <sighs> or broach it. 
Zoo Solar from Houston. I love how there's an AHA, uh, AHS creator or two or three out there who thinks the store Ross is one of the dimensions of hell. The long checkout lines, the sad gray carts, the terrible lighting, that pan across the line through the store. Yeah, I know exactly where they're at. It's funny because I thought they were at like either like like Kohl's or Burlington Coat Factory. Because that's how... It looks or, like a Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, that's what Michelle said. I didn't get that vibe. I, to me, what I thought is they're trying to come up with the hell. What, and in my mind, the hell would invo- involve the long lines of like your standard department store where you've got like one little cash register kiosk and they're checking out a million people. It would combine... Like the hell of having to fold endless rolls of towels from like the Bed Bath and Beyond, and would also re- like have the bright blue smock of like a a, a Kmart. So you're like also well, at the very bottom of the big box ladder too. Yeah, uh, we keep calling this hell, but I think they are just in purgatory. No, it's hell. It's for sure. It's got to be hell. I don't think so. Mm. Pretty rough for purgatory, I think. Purgatory should be a but neutral experience. But you just described in detail how it wasn't rough enough. How? Hell. How? I just because you just said you'd think you'd get the endless rolling of towels and the and the blah blah blah. No, I, mean, I you did. Literally I literally just said that. I said that. <laughs> I said they literally had the worst of every retail experience you can possibly oh. imagine. I thought you were saying you were imagining it to be more of that. No, 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 no. But I still, I still believe that this is just a purgatory place because mm. I think that once you go to heaven or hell. That's that's kind of the that's that's well, a Queenie, pretty final I mean, decision. The Hotel Cortez, I don't think, is actually hell. It might be hell adjacent, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Um, sounds like hell to me. Uh, Rose, <laughs> okay, so I'm really glad the whole Kathy Botts' constant Langdon thing is dead. No kidding, Rose. You and me, we we saw it coming a mile away. I hated uh. that theory. It made zero sense whatsoever to cast Kathy Bates as a character based off Jessica Lange. As a side note, what do we think the possibility is that Michael actually killed Constance? He does say that Kathy Botts is the one person who never betrayed him, and we also know Jessica Lange is only supposed to be in, like, one episode. And we also know that Michael Langdon should only be, like, 11 years old. We right. know in not a, a lot of things that aren't... Because like, I feel like really... this gets emailed every single episode, but the, the kids, when they were messing around on the Forbidden Apple Fruit laptop, uh, saw the, the date, and it was uh, sometime in 2021, yeah. which is not enough time for Michael to develop to the strapping young lad, the, the extraordinary gentleman, the exceptional gentleman that he is. <laughs> Um, Unless Antichrist powers age you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... So that, that was a part of the test they didn't get to. Maybe uh, him killing Constance, he like sucked the remaining life force out of her. I don't know how valuable that life force is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, it'll be interesting to see what Mallory is. Michael seemed really freaked out by her last episode. The leading theories on AHS subreddit seem to be that she's either a direct descendant of the Scaffish. <gasps> yes. Who was confirmed to be the original Supreme? Is that the the is is that the uh, Woods Witch? Is yeah, that the, the Lady Roman Gaga. Lady okay. Gaga. Yeah. Who is confirmed to be the original Supreme, or that she is some sort of angel or Nephilim, which is an interesting contrast to Michael. Interesting. Antichrist. Thank Nephilim, you. Uh, That's an interesting in, point. In, in uh, quasi-canonical Bible sources, uh, are the half-breed children of angels that came down to fuck women before the flood. Uh, just so you know. I don't know how they would survive the the flood. Maybe one of them rode the ark like a surfboard. Because they're supposed to be giant, too. Like Beyonce? Uh, 
surf, <laughs> surf, 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 surf bork. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I like both. I, I think that if we're looking, so the, the, uh, the Nephilim, I think I would like less just because it doesn't tie in as neatly into the lore of American Horror Story. Yeah, but. And also Lady there's Gaga. There's an Antichrist. Lady Gaga is super hot right we now. We have like a heaven representative because the witches, as we have discussed, aren't uh, don't really belong to any kind of religion. Uh, mm. Probably paganism, if we had to call it anything, hmm. which is pretty yeah, yeah, Christianity. Yeah. So right, right. Uh, maybe both things are true, and all of these forces are going to come together. Um. What was I saying about the... Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I, I liked it because also I think uh, Lady Gaga's about to blow up. I keep hearing all this incra- crazy... Like I, I went from making fun of this movie three months ago to hearing it's getting serious Oscar buzz. This is a star is... Bu- this is, the star is The born. star is a buzz. The star is a born. Uh, I think Lady Gaga is supposed to blow up. And w- that sounds like something like if she's just <sighs> in a one-off episode the next week or two. Like that would be a Lady nice little tie Lady about to blow up? Again, yeah. She's been quiet for a while. What's she done since Hotel? Has she even oh, released an album? Oh, you mean al- in acting? No, I am just mean in general. Like she's about to reemerge in the public consciousness. I mean, uh, like she's, she's been really kind of quiet and low-key for the last few years. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, there's a documentary that monsters, just came so. out. Yeah. Just, right. This is the, it's the machine gearing. I'm saying last a, year, American Horror Story is part of the machine that's, it's right. It's it's starting it's starting up. It's pushing her back to the cultural surface. Um, I think <laughs> I you're talking too bro- broadly. You're saying that you're more aware of Lady Gaga now, and you think that she's going to be too busy. Yes, to, I mean absolutely. Doing, yes, doing I'm a this. middle-aged straight white male. Like uh, the world revolves around me. If she's coming, if she's dawning in mm-hmm. my consciousness, she's dawning everywhere. Yeah, it's elementary. So at the time that they shot these episodes, she's probably doing Dead. the press touring and all of that stuff so I'm telling you, it's about to all that start would make up. sense but she's gonna be she's gonna host a Saturday, probably gonna host Saturday Night Live this is gonna be a, a Gaga onslaught <laughs> yeah King Cobra uh, Aaron asks why the devil would want to kill everyone I think the obvious answer is souls so that's an interesting play you must think that you're ahead in the soul count if you if you bum rush the end game like create a it's like the the game of Quidditch right like you don't want to catch the golden snitch if you're more than 140 points behind but as soon as you get a lead at all you want to catch the golden snitch yeah by the way Quidditch is the most ridiculous fictional sport ever okay for that reason but like it's because so if Satan's got like more souls in the bank than he. Than than God, then you want to kill everybody because then then you'll force the end game and get then and I don't know or maybe it's a commentary on how bad the world is if you if you killed everybody in a nuclear war that it would be the devil would make out more than fifty fifty right I don't, I don't know because that's the thing like yeah you know, I, I don't how many how many people if if there were a concept such as hell how many people living their lives would be subject to it. And and if it's not just like some kind of like you have to be the right type of second bap Southern Baptist or like if it's just broadly, it's some kind of universal being that's just calling balls and strikes and like you're either fundamentally a good person or a bad person doesn't really matter whether you're a Buddhist or 
uh, Wiccan or Shinto or whatever. It's just it's whether you're a good person or not. How many percentage of humanity you think would go to the good place versus the bad place? A very, I think a very low amount of people would go to the good place. Really? Yeah. See, I think like five percent of people go to hell max. Mm. You think does that mean bad people? Well, I mean, I like to look at the scorecard. Mm. I'd like to see, like, what's a maximum amount of bad things you can do in your life and still qualify as being a good person. Hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, that's true. You, you know, know it's rules. like the Cleveland court. You know, do you show remorse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do you show commitment to change? Yeah, the, the people that are really good at acting or have good lawyers are going to make out like bandits. Uh, right. I mean, can you live a shitty life and in the last 10 years of your life become mother Teresa, give all your money and that just washes away everything. I mean, I, that's pretty much standard Christian doctrine. I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you're right. You'd have to know the rules. I don't think people are inherently bad. I just think they're mostly inherently selfish. Uh, interesting thing to debate. Uh, next up to Tabinkinus. Tabinkinus. Okay. Is this about the best brand butt plugs? Uh, to, Oh, <laughs> TB in Kansas. Oh. Uh, so we know the Supreme can resurrect the dead. They established that in Coven. However, she did so by bringing their physical bodies back to life. Same as Misty May did. Same as Cordelia did last week with Coco, Mallory, and Dinah. So, what exactly did Michael do for Queenie and Mallory? He did not resurrect their dead bodies. He simply freed their ghosts from their respective hells. Did he also make them corporeal? I mean... Probably not. Like, you, you can see ghosts in the real world. Maybe he just freed their spirits. Because, yeah, giving them flesh, the and only... blood bo- bloodies, bl- flesh and blood bodies would be a hell of a thing. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> tradition, like, from... No, uh, I think that um, only the only person we've seen so far that can actually speak to ghosts and spirits is Billy D. But lots of people could see them within the murder house and within the Hotel Cortez. So, like, what if you right, just well, had that same phenomenon but not localized? I think they can just... Yeah, they... Yeah. I will say that in Christianity... Um, I can't say it's exclusively, but it's it's definitely something that demons and angels can do. can generate flesh and blood bodies um, that they can use and discard at will. Hmm. So... I was going to say that's definitely a devil power, but I'm like, no, nah, there's lots of angels that took a, that took physical form. That's yeah, how we I was going to say, like, if place. you are in the place where your spirit is trapped in, can you make yourself a parent to people? Or is it look? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to adopt them first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Don't laugh at that. Don't encourage me. Jamie from Pennsylvania. Let it not be mistaken, they begin their missive, that Murphy and company honored the messy chronology between all of the seasons, plot holes, and dead-end storylines. feel like that's a sentence fragment. Uh, I am quite impressed by how Hotel's treatment of Queenie, Madison, and Hell, and Coven mythology was fleshed out. I agree with that. I think he's saying that they did a good job of honoring the messy chronology between all the seasons and the dead end storylines because, you know, this thing it's it's fitting together surprisingly well, but you know, it would be it would be revisionist history to say that it's like all airtight and there's no plot holes at all, right? Uh yeah. Quite uh Jamie continues. This episode felt mind bending to me as I watched it, and dare I say it, I wouldn't mind if seasons nine and ten were interconnected as well. It looks like this season is shaping up to be a good versus evil fight to the death, and I'm here for it. However, some concerns and things that must happen. Hold on a second. Um, okay. 
what 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 do we want to uh, like? I need I if seasons nine and ten were this apocalyptical trilogy that I've been talking I was talking about on the podcast, I would be down for it too. Otherwise, I don't know. It feels like this is something that this is this has got a lot of energy because I think this uh, this idea really caught Murphy's imagination and he's fully committed to American Horror Story mm-hmm. um, and and writing a plot for it. Um, if he can maintain that enthusiasm for two more seasons, great. If not, let's go back to the anthology, you know? Right. Um, yeah. although it'll be, like I said, they'll have to go back in time, presumably. Although, yeah, people also pointed out that we already have been past 2019 in a, uh, American Horror Story plot and the world was still here. So we're still also... There's like the fact that this could all be a simulation or a dream or something like that is is still in play or an alternate dimension. Let's get back to Jamie's concerns. One, I can't deal with another clumsy season where the theme is gender or identity politics. It's getting tired on the show. The whole voodoo equals black, warlock equals gay man, witch equals white girl. It's a little simplistic for me. Um, yeah, Queenie. Is that the end of it? No, no, no. He's got to live. I just want to just pause and think. Because okay. like the thing is... I kind of feel you on that, especially since um, a lot of the stuff is very elementary if you are in identity politics. Like, uh, it's a fairly regular occurrence for me to go and watch, like, a YouTube video that some trans activist has posted and be like, wow, that is an incredibly thoughtful and revealing and informative video that I've just watched. I shall now go into this community and see what they're saying about it. And... I look. I, I go into the forum, and it's like it's like Donald Glo- that scene from Community where Donald Glover comes back with the pizza and the apartment's on fire. Yeah, and, and I'm like, oh, oh God, you know, it's like, um, it's 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 definitely not bleeding edge. But the other thing I've noticed about these um, communities, like you know, um, the identity politics communities, is that uh, the generations like turn over like every three years. Like Ryan Murphy is an elder statesman. In the gay community, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a an eighteen year old gay man would have almost nothing in common with his experience, depending on where he lived, than like Ryan Murphy growing up and his experience right. with the culture. So it, it changes so fast that I think it's weird to say, but like Ryan Murphy's kind of fuddy duddy about some of this stuff now. Yeah, you're right. He's he's that, like you said, he's that generation that's. Yeah. I mean, or he could view it as sort of like an introductory guide for people. Right. I mean, he's still trying to pitch like, you know, mainstream America has like, I think, culturally gone more left over the especially last decade or two. Absolutely. But, you know, he's still, you know, trying to think pitch down the middle of that. Right. Yeah. Um, two, I will also not be OK if Miss Venable and Timothy and Emily do not appear again. They must. Otherwise, it would be the most unforgivable bad writing the show has done. I mean, worse than Chloe Savini watching, wanting to be a Victorian vampire child wrangler. Yeah. I think Venable will be seen again, though. I see her reappearing in the timeline leading up to the blast. Um, yeah, no. I think that I, I agree. Yeah, you don't make characters that interesting and that much of a focal point in right. the first few episodes right. and just waste them. But right. then again... Not all people can be Ryan Murphy, so... <laughs> I mean, especially Venable, because, like, I kind of talked myself into, well, maybe they're killing her off so that, you know, Sarah Paulson can, like, go f- play this character going forward, but 
I don't think Ryan Murphy's going to give a fuck about. In fact, I think that might be one of the tr- the things he's giddy about is the excuse to get like all seven in, like all all eight incarnations of Evan Peters on the screen at one time. Yes, you know, and like it's like you remember those cheesy like Knight Rider or Star Trek shows where they would have Jonathan Frakes duplicated mirror image like and everybody's like oh I'm blow your mind uh, he's gonna do that to like the nth to the eighth degree I think this season yeah um, and then Miss Venerable like why introduce the whole scoliosis shame or whatever she's feeling plot line just so you can kill her the next episode they'll be back they'll be back or maybe she was just meant to play the villain in the beginning mm-hmm. and uh, was given a reason why she couldn't move on, so that you know, mm-hmm. carefully dispensed of her character, you know. And Kathy Botts, her loyal sidekick, now has a new thing to do. So right. Uh, but Timothy and Emily for sure, for sure. And then Michael uh, or Jamie says Michael must also be defeated, but in a clever way. Well, <laughs> I mean. More clever than raising witches from the dead and witching them to death? Like, that's like that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I I mean, yeah, it's got to be a clever... I don't, That's the thing that I'm, I'm a little weak on, because Ryan Murphy gets real tired at the end of seasons. Gets real tired. And things are really confusing and messy, and there's cards all over the floor. Yeah. He's got to pick them back up and reshuffle them. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't think he just gives it the, the most thorough riffle shuffle at the end. Right. So, like, uh, that's the the point I think we, we you, you might you might have a problem with. Finally, we have Telephone of Madness. It says, I'm glad they explained that the base used to be a school for warlocks. I guess this explains the infinite candles. Uh, <laughs> and gave some background on the new characters. As a non-fan of AHS, I was expecting this season to be a self-contained story, and I'm finding it a little frustrating how much it seems to be relying on references to past seasons. Yeah, man, I feel like uh, a lot... I got a lot of look... Because I, I, I did some a fair amount of advertising on other podcasts about this, and there's a lot of look, looky-loos, mm-hmm. looky-loos saying, oh, Aaron and Cecily doing a podcast. I'll check this out. And I kind of sold it as an anthology, which it is... But you just happened to join uh, when Ryan Murphy got the wild hair to stitch all of the seasons together into yeah. a complex mythology. So uh, it, it's kind of this is like one of the because they've they've been hints and like winks at previous seasons before, but nothing to where you know like I I watched most of the seasons not having seen the first two seasons and uh, you know f- was fine. I am I will say. I am glad that you made me watch the first two seasons mm-hmm. because I don't know what value I would have at all in this podcast if I hadn't, you know? Right. Um, maybe Asylum not so much, but Murder House certainly seems because, you know, Asylum is not going to be a thing. Asylum is not going to ever be a thing on this on this particular season, but Murder uh, House for sure. You know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling really deflated by our audience today. Mm-hmm. Um I still. You're just baiting I, Team Sess because that's the wave. You guys got complacent, and a few Team Ariners came, snuck in the back door, and now it's just going to be drowning in a sea of Cecily, mm-hmm. uh, which is my, kind of my life anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, um, so yeah, sorry, sorry, it's go, tough. Yeah, go back and pick a few seasons from you know uh, on netflix i think they're all there yeah go back and find a season that has a theme that you like and try one of those out i'll just straight up recommend if you're wanting to binge something coven because it's my personal favorite season um i think it's got the best blend of like genuine horror some real good laughs it had a really really fun zombie themed uh halloween episode Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it is also serving as one of the core, like, I, I think Murder House, what you need to understand is there was a baby born of a ghost and a flesh and blood mother who was prophesied to be the Antichrist. Um, there you've, you've got it. Coven, there's a lot more mythology there. So right. that would be interesting. Also, or you should you watch know the what? Silence Jamie's too, point, because there's definitely going to be some more things about that you'll want to pick up on in this To Jamie's season. point, Coven wasn't as binary as we were thinking because there was a male witch that served on like the High Witch Council. That was I forget what that, right. that little that little old man. He's yeah, like the yeah. uh, I forget his name, but he was yeah. And then like Queenie, I think was recruited by both the Voodoo witches and the Salem school of witches. But she ultimately chose the Salem school, I believe. So there is a little bit of like gray. <laughs> And non-binary type things in the borders of the of the Coven universe, but right. yeah. you know, maybe there is a, you know, maybe there that maybe there's a there's a female, there's a there's a there's a there's a female witch or warlock in the school for <laughs> exceptional gentlemen. Okay, that I don't know why that'd be interesting, but it's possible. Um, um, well, it's just it was a lawsuit. You know? <laughs> yes, it was a whole equal opportunity thing. Yeah, uh, and they, they it's like it, her, it was kind of like you've seen uh, Demi Moore and GI Jane. It was like that only with warlocks. Oh, okay, yeah, she yeah. had to buzz. She had to be twice the warlock as any of them to even get even even get any respect. And she still failed. And she's <laughs> and she still was, was flamed out. But also, before we go, uh huh. Um. I've been thinking more about this Lady Gaga thing, and she had a uh, album that just came out, Joanne. She's been touring. Oh, the country one. Yes, she's been hugely popular and in everyone's consciousness no. f- from the beginning mm-mm, of time. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I can't recall the last thing I saw since Hotel, so she's just been in a cultural black hole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Our, of black holes. Uh, we are going to disappear in one. Uh, this is the end of the Feedback Friday podcast. Thanks for listening. You can send in feedback to AHS, AHS at baldmove.com, or you can get on our forums, forums.baldmove.com, to participate in the thread with your fellow fans can't wait to see what i mean like i said i am i am really excited about this season i can't yeah. wait to see what happens this wednesday we'll be back for an instant take podcast we'll see uh, you wednesday night immediately after that and then we'll have the feedback friday to following uh following friday you know you know how things work <laughs> you know when things come out i don't have to explain it all the time yeah check out baldmove.com for everything else we're doing until the next time i'm aaron and i'm cecily see ya